0: weekend racing it. it's time to recap it and who better to do it than michael new magic two bros slash pros who cover the highs and lows of racing around the globe on every one of their shows real fans look forward to these guys and in their last, last thoughts because they know they're not talking out of their royal
1: ass. What well, they say makes sense so ladies and gents Sit back and relax
0: as Blinkers Off presents the Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust
1: the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDunes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic
0: and I'm Mike,
1: and this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 369. Nice.
0: <laughs> on 420 Yay! Huzzah! Yay!
1: it's like we did this on purpose it really was an accident Uh Mike is going to be driving to Keeneland tomorrow on Thursday because he's got the grade one gamble on Saturday Um, so we we're like hey we'll do the episode a day early and then I realized this morning when you or Jared texted me I didn't even realize it was 420 I was like well it is kind of tradition to uh, be live on 420 for the Magic Mike Show. So, uh, apologies to Greg and to everybody else that we kind of surprised at the last second. But we're live. We're talking Keeneland Saturday, and uh, I can't wait to get the Keeneland Wednesday taste out of my mouth.
0: Yeah, that uh, that was a tough sequence. Not going to lie, uh, pick ah. six carries the pick five paid like twelve grand, something like that. Pick four ended up paying sixteen hundred. Uh, some pretty bad favorites. Some interesting rides. Uh, you know, when you're lone speed, you, you kind of want to be on the lead. And I read wasn't really interested in that early. That was. Uh, a little surprising but what can you do and then you have the you know you're we get a nice price on a maker home in the first one you have the romans in the second that gets home at a price i'm not getting to that four in the last like anyway so i'm not overly really frustrated i by had the it season. it was on so my yeah, there you go there you go and camp hope made sense hell of a bob for that horse uh oh, in the in, in the ninth there at keeneland uh it's a tough day but i will say uh speed seemed to be a little bit better today on the dirt And Turfs, you still do not want to be on the lead. Those are the kind of my takeaways from it. So I'm still handicapping with that in mind. We'll see if it changes the next couple days leading up to Saturday in the Grade 1 Gamble. If anyone's going to be there, let me know. I'll be on track Friday in the Grandstand Saturday in the Phoenix Room. So hit me up, drop me a a DM on Twitter, and uh, see if we can grab beer or something.
1: Yeah, I will say it is it is a wonderful feeling as a racing dudes member when you get recognized at the racetrack. It's it's a little odd when you get recognized away from the racetrack when it happens, but we still appreciate that. Um, Charles B. mentioning the five, uh, the Lacy Gaudette horse. Uh, the reins broke on the on the horse. I didn't see that. I all I saw oh. was that the horse completely like I read didn't really push him ever that makes sense yeah, it was an extremely weird ride um i still say there's a reason you know chad's making the right move with pratt overall but uh <laughs> chris says as a holder of a five nine exact in the last i need a shower and a cigarette that was a uh yeah the four got you on both the, the five was leading until yep. the end the nine was second until the end and the four came up chris i'm sorry i i, I don't wish that my ticket was already blown i didn't need that horse um it wasn't, I have even, it wasn't even
0: mike I, maker that got you chris
1: chris that was great i will say chris was uh was making fun of maker on uh on the show went for the wednesday show and then maker was three for three to start the day so Maker just a little cold chris was right maker was cold maker just figured out what ails him which chris also said that you thought you had figured out and congratulations mike you had (laughs)
0: yeah i mean it was great it would have been nice if we could string something together or you didn't have the absolute ridiculous six horse in the second race that went like 30 something to one that blew everything up in the early pick five uh other than that it would have been great and uh, we had a, a tough break there early too for you in the fourth race we had pratt on top of uh, a, a horse that we like meant the Mendez who's out like very good with two-year-olds in california as one for one going into today with pratt aboard then you see him send out this horse and the three just doesn't break a lick and the the word was out that that was a good horse too and just didn't break
1: De- okay so first of all he didn't i don't know if it showed on tv because i can't remember but he um he slammed into the gate beforehand so he split his lip open horse is debuting splits his lip open he's on the rail the gates break open and he literally left turn it and Pratt's like almost out of the range trying to steer yeah. him back out and he still tried so the horse has talent it just was w- two-year-olds breaking from the rail like going into it i was like the one problem man He's on the rail. It's okay. Mendez will have him ready. Nope. Even Mendez Magic can't uh, Well,
0: can't and it's interesting. Over. Keeneland, it's not as big of an issue on the rail going four and a half because they have that like little half turn. You actually want to be in the one through four posts because you have a big advantage because everyone on the outside is going to be two, three, four wide because the turn pretty much is there. It just starts. And so uh, it, the one post isn't as bad going four and a half at Keeneland, although it's still not a great spot to be in your first time out
1: you know it is a great place to be right here on the magic Mike show with mike and i we're looking at keeneland's saturday late pick four we've got two graded stakes races uh mike i went really shallow i haven't looked at your ticket yet but i went pretty shallow with mine so we'll see what you did with yours i wish we'd gone shallow for the wednesday one because we had like 20 minutes to do it and yet we went both really deep in that spot
0: i wish we got to avoid two emmys because i'm really sick of talking about two emmys but here we are We're here for two Emmys Day. It's going to be a lot of fun.
1: All right, we are talking Keelan Saturday, late pick four. Let's get into it, buddy. Riders up. Before I forget, too, uh, if you missed the show or if you saw the show last time, the uh, the last show uh, rather, the Magic Mike show, uh, Mike has an over the rail segment that we're going to do up uh, a stable up at the end. So we meant to do it for the uh, for the show on Monday. We didn't. We ran out of time for it, but uh, a race from last Saturday at Keeneland very key moving forward so after we get done with this make sure you stay tuned because we're going to have some great information but we are kicking off Saturday's late pick for Mike With Race 7 eyes uh, the field of 11 older fillies Maris and mares plus an MTO going around the 16th on the turf and 3x level I will say, because we're doing this a day early, if you're watching us or listening to us, uh, please bear with us. We don't have official posts yet because we have coupled entries in both the first and the last legs. So Mike and I might get some uh, numbers wrong. Pay close attention to the names we say. And then of course, this is why you should follow us on Twitter for our final tickets. But Mike, where are you going to go on top in this race?
0: Oh, man, I'm a sucker for Cherie DeVoe, and I'm going to continue with that trend here. <laughs> the number five Gams mission, I think, looks awfully good in this spot. I mentioned that you don't want to be on the lead. This horse is definitely not going to be forwardly placed. Should sit somewhere mid-pack in this, this spot, and it has tactical speed if needed going longer. We saw that at Saratoga and the Saratoga Oaks Invitational going final 316, so sing second behind the pace. Uh, last time out of fairgrounds, I thought this horse actually ran really well. Lost if she can't sing, look. She can't sing had a dream fairgrounds like that absolutely unbelievable in those two races and, and took a step forward off of that one so I'm not going to hold losing to She can't sing Against Gam's mission. Additionally, this is second off the layoff for Gam's mission. And those who don't know Sherry's Cherry Devoe, she was Chad Brown's assistant trainer before going out on her own about two years ago. And if you look at her percentages, they're kind of ridiculous: 26% second off the layoff, 19% on turf, 19% in routes, 26% in allowances, 25% overall. She gets the most out of her horses. She places her horses well. Second off the layoff here, I think, is a great opportunity for Gam's mission to take a step forward. This is a, a daughter of Noble Mission. We know how much I like Noble Mission. I think out here, you're gonna see a nice step forward. And, and if you look at who she's been running against too, that's the other big part of this, right? Her losses have come to Santa Barbara, Con Lima, Plumlee, and she can't sing. I mean, that's that's a pretty darn good list. And your four losses, and she's won four times. So she's likes to win or she loses to very good horses. I don't think there's any of those runners in here. I'll take Dam's mission on top.
1: Yep, my top pick, too. Um, the only bad effort, and you could say that, that she's had, um, was the Saratoga Oaks. And she lost to Cone Lima because they were like, well, listen, we couldn't beat Cone Lima last time running our normal running style. with all on Oaks. Let's try just chasing her. We'll chase from second. And then she just falls apart because you were chasing Cone Lima when she was lone speed. Um, yeah. So even that, not a bad effort. And then the, on debut, she loses to Aunt Pearl. Aunt Pearl goes off to be that she wins that race, then the Jessamine, and then the Breeders' Cup Juvenile uh, Philly Mare Turf. So then this horse comes back from losing to Aunt Pearl and wins three straight races, including a grade three. Yeah, I love this horse on top. Um, I love that the biscuit's going to keep riding with her here. Uh, where do you want to go next?
0: We're going to have a nice little press, a, a group press ticket here. So we're going to play a $5 ticket. We'll single games mission in this spot. Agreed? Yes. Okay, cool. All right, I'm going to go with the seven, flip it next. Uh, <clears throat> this is a, another horse that I think is going to take a nice step forward here. First time out is a four year old. The race is really, really fit. And I love what Victoria Oliver did with this horse once it started winning. So you see a win at a mile and a quarter at Ellis, gets a 77 buyer, steps right up to a stakes race off of that. And it took four races to break the maiden. Again, faced some pretty good horses, including Demodog. Um, before breaking the Maiden, but then breaks the Maiden third time out on turf, goes right into $100,000 stakes, wins that over Caldi, steps up into $150,000 stakes, wins that over Invincible Gal, and then steps all the way up to the QE2 Cup, which, oh, by the way, had Shastasar in there. So tough race, tough yep. race to win. Um, I think this is an aggressive spot first off the layoff. Victoria Oliver, 11% first off the layoff. I don't I don't love it, but I don't mind it. Faye Rano is one of those jockeys that she often goes to with her better horses I think this is an aggressive placement here, um, first time out. And I, I think that flippin's going to be ready to go. And if we're able to handle the distance, which ironically is funny to say is the one thing I'm concerned about, I think a mile and 16th might be a little bit too short. This might be a horse you want next out, not this out, if, if you do stretch out next time. But I think has a ton of talent, I think could take a step forward. And, and the breeding on this one is absolutely immaculate, too. A tap it out of an empire maker mirror. So should be able to, to handle the turf course, run all day, should be able to fire right away. So I'm, I'm going to go with Flippant as my other must-use horse in here. Even though we're going to uh, single case mission on the 5 ticket.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, uh, you, I agree with everything you said, including I think it's a little too aggressive and a little too short. Uh, this race, I think, came up a little tougher than maybe they were thinking. It is N3X and it's Keeneland, so you're going to get good horses. But you have, I mean, we're both picking a grade three winner on top. So um, a little too tough for me for this. But I think especially next out and maybe go a mile and an eighth, this is going to be a great setup. Uh, for her, uh, my next choice. I'm going to go with the three. Sweet enough. We've got an unknown here. We got a new shooter uh, coming in from Europe, and the horse was with John Gosden and his son Thaddy. And if you're not familiar with European racing, John go- getting a horse over from John Gosden is like if you're on the East Coast and you're getting a horse from the West Coast that was with Richard Mandela, or like going east to west with the Bill Mott horse. Like you know, the horse was well taken care of. The horse was um, properly spotted, with everything was handled properly with this horse before it gets to your care. Roger Atfield four starts so far, at least uh, when the PPs I had uh, were made, he's got four starts, one winner in two seconds. And by the way, that win was the grade one makers, Mark mile. Like he's doing pretty good at Keeneland so far. Maybe that's what enticed Irad to jump aboard. Maybe it was a different reason, but I love the fact that Irad is going to be riding in here. Horse was a two-time stakes winner in Europe. Uh, but I have three concerns. Number one, first time North America, always a major test, right? You all, you never know what's going to happen. Number two, two prior starts off the bench in the past, both of them, not great. Number three, all three of her wins, they came while either leading or pressing. And the turf course is still not playing great to speed. Um, between now and Saturday, maybe that changes. She's also, I think, if she gets her normal running style in Europe, which was to press or to, to set the pace, she might be lone speed. So I'm going to take a shot on her, but there are a lot of question marks. And if the price comes out and she's pretty short, I, I wouldn't hate you if you don't want to use her at all.
0: Yeah, I, I had an issue with the fact that she was a short favorite in two of those three wins too. Like, how often do you see eighty cents on the dollar favorite in Europe? Right. That usually that is a very, very much the best type horse, and I think that's really what you saw there in the second win, which was also a handicap win, um, which means she was carrying, I think, probably high weight in that spot because she's carrying one hundred thirty plus. Yeah. Um, and those are just different races than what you see here in the states, and so I look at those in a little bit different light sometimes when I'm when I'm looking at European horses. And in this case, I don't love what I see from the three sweet enough, and I do agree with you. I think this horse is taking money. Because IRAD's up, I think this horse is going to be one of the favorites. And, and I just, I feel like, as you mentioned, this came up tough. And this is a tough spot to debut on this course in the three hole, going two turns versus one turn, which is a lot of what her races were um, over there in Europe. If you look at those distances, really, you're going to see a two turn mile or two turn seven furlongs in Europe. So I have a lot of concerns just around that aspect of it as well. I think this is just a lot of new things all at once. Uh, I think the horse is good. I think it's a relatively, like, if I'm wrong and this horse is 21 morning line, yeah, let's chuck her in there for fun. But like if we're going to get sub five to one, sub four to one, that just to me seems a little bit short against this field. Uh, my other horse I'm going to use is going to be the six horse, Take Charge Row. It's a five-year-old out of the Brian Lynch barn. You get Sayas up. He's rode her the last three times. This one for me – Wants to be on the turf. And we saw that. Ran really well first time out. Uh, ended up getting a, a career best or career best 84 buyer first time out as a five-year-old. Then was taken off the turf. The last race, I'm just drawing a line through. It was a grade two race. The horse was seven to one. Rated okay on the inside. Just kind of fell apart a little bit. I think the mile and eighth might have been a little bit too long for what this horse really wanted to do. Cutting back to a mile and a 16th today where this horse is two for two. We're experienced over the Keeneland Turf course. Uh, ran second here off a of layoff back in October 2020. So I think everything kind of fits there. And they're just, the numbers all make sense for this horse to run well. And we've talked about how there's limited speed in this spot. I think Take Charge Row trips out. And we saw a couple horses today trip out on that turf course, sitting right behind the leader or right in that second pack, be able to get the job done toward the inside. I think you're going to see Take Charge Row right behind the speed, make the first move around the final turn and have a chance to lead them into the stretch I think she's talented enough to win if she's able to do that. And so because of the trip and the placement and the fact that I'm getting size, I'm going to put take charge row on the ticket and go five, six, seven.
1: Don't hate it. I, I left her off because the, that last race, the Hillsborough, I'm still scratching my head about what happened. I mean, it was her first time trying stakes companies grade two and bleaker streets, we think is going to be a pretty good horse for Chad Brown, but um, you know, she'd been progressing nicely sure. along the way. So I, it, it makes sense that she comes back to this spot. I just, let me ask you this I'll, I, because three of her last five races, she was favored. So other than you take out the Hillsboro, she's been favored three of her last four. Do you think this is the favorite? Do you think she's a really short price? Where's where she going to be?
0: Oh, I think she's eight to one. You do. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I'm getting, I, I mean, I expect the, the keeper of time, the one entry, the one, one A to be your favorite. I hear you in keeper of time, specifically because of keeper of time. And I'm not a big fan of keeper of time. <laughs> um, and so, because of that, I'm going to kind of stray away from the entry because uh, I think that is the better half of the the one in the one A, and I think that's going to end up being your, your eight to five, nine to five favorite somewhere in that range.
1: The uh, I'm glad you brought it up too. Right? The the one one A, this is the last one I use, and I actually had them off initially um, because I, when I'm going through and I thought, oh, this will probably be too expensive, and then I looked at my ticket and go, no, I can add them on. And uh, well, I'll talk about them quick. I hear you. This is Tyler Gaffalione, and he's riding as well as anyone right now at Keeneland. Brendan Walsh is four for thirteen with a pair of runner ups so far. Um, He's 20%. They're 20% when the two of those guys team up together. If you scratch off the Benson last out, the horse was gifted the lead. There was kind of a, a little bit of an odd race. This is not a leader. I don't know why she went to lead. Maybe Raylu was gifted it and thought, well, we're here. We'll try it and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think that's what we're going to get here. I think we at least see the three horse, if no one else go out and take the lead. But I like that Both of the horses' wins have been at Keeneland. She does have a win at the distance. And Walsh took over uh, last summer from Mike Stidham. That's when she's got two of her three wins. Uh, she, she was two for seven. She's two for seven with Brendan wall. She was one for nine with Mike Stidham. So I like the fact that all these things kind of are coming together. I actually like keeper of time better <laughs> than the, than I hear you. Not necessarily in this position. I think keeper of time is sitting on a big win. I'm just keep waiting for her to do it. Uh, the Suwannee river stakes. If you remember, that was the prep for the Pegasus world cup, Philly mare turf. And out of that Suwannee river, I said, other than sweet Melania, I want keeper of time because there was no pace to chase she was coming off the bench and she's a deep closer I thought listen you put some speed into a race and she'll do great and then she goes on the synthetic and Gulfstream next out and what happens synthetic doesn't hold it two turns unless you and I are live for a show and then so she wins (laughs) and then she goes to the Buena Vista stakes Mike and then uh, Mike Smith has her in the right position but she's stuck on the rail three of the four horses early they hit the Superfecta. That fourth horse, Mike, you know what happened? That was the one directly in front of Keeper of Time. And when that horse started quitting, Mike Smith had four horses in front of him. And they just kept doing this down the front stretch backwards. So mm. I'm going to scratch that off completely. I'm going to use her. The problem is there still isn't a lot of pace in here. She needs pace. So if you don't want to use 11A because you think they're going to be a short price like Mike, I get it. I, got, I just give this horse like five speed horses to chase.
0: Yeah. That, I, so the reason I, so I think the one way is going to be the favorite because of keeper of time I have in my notes, terrible trip, obvious, right? And a lot of times when it says terrible trip, obvious, that means everyone is going to see it. And when everyone sees it, there is no value in knowing there's a terrible trip because it's going to be talked about in the morning. We talked about on the live feed, the Keeneland show. will talk about it on Saturday morning. Everyone's going to know keeper of time got a shit trip in that race. And, and the buyer came back good enough for a fifth place finish, and you, you cross draw line through the synthetic. And the race before that was pretty good. You know what else she hasn't done? Go a mile and sixteenth. It's true. That's a problem for me. What Like this is the first time we're going to try a mile and sixteenth here. I'm not positive that she wants the distance. And you know, like there's an old adage in horse racing: never bet the favorite when they're doing something for the first time. You'll hear it all over the place. It's actually a pretty decent rule, especially if it's a shorter price in a, in a competitive field. In this spot, I think the one one a is going to be your favorite. I think they're going to be a shorter price. The better of the two entries is doing something new for the first time. And I like other horses. So I, I'm going to leave the 1-1-A off, although I understand why people would want to use it. It's just one of those where I think you got to go really short if you're using the 1-1-A or you got to chuck the horses all together.
1: Uh, what's nice is that this starts off the pick four sequence. So when race six ends and you get that first click, I'll be able to see the the horse is two to five. If the entry is two to five, you're probably not going to stay on the ticket, Uh, but that's (laughs) why it's important to watch for those ticks. Uh, also you remind me of a horse, uh, Keeneland race two on Saturday. That was the exact same thing happened where the horse had a bad trip on debut initially. And everyone was like, look how it finished. And the horse was everyone's pick got hammered way too hard and lost. That's why you don't don't do
0: it. The obvious trip troubles, like the, the, the first-time starter that doesn't break and rushes up and finishes second, the horse that gets completely blocked and everyone notices it, like those horses, they, they get overbet. And, and, yes, they had troubles trip. And, yes, there's a, there's a chance that they're going to improve and there's a reason people are betting them. But it, it goes back to, like, you not only need to pick winners, you need to understand the value of a winner, right? And if, if a horse off a troubled trip should be 3-1 to one, and you're getting 7-5, to five, that troubled trip is actually negatively affecting your opinion on that horse. It's not probably affecting it because everyone knows it.
1: Great explanation. I appreciate that. We're going to move on. Second leg, late pick four sequence at Keeneland race eight, the grade three, Ben Ali stakes, eight older males going nine furlongs on the dirt here, including Warren. Who was my pick to win the big cap going to the quarter at Santa Anita. Does he get the job done here, Mike?
0: He does. I mean, this is this is the race where I'm not going to try and get too creative. I, I think this is really a two-horse race. I'm going to go too deep, although I don't love it. Um, I considered singling Warren in this spot, but I am going to use the three-horse proxy as well. Uh, I think the two Mighty Heart is a little interesting as a Lone Speed candidate, but I think Warren is just the talent of the field. That that race at Santa Anita was awesome. This horse was an improving three-year-old going through the, the lower-ranking three-year-old races. Uh, really turned a corner later in the season, took a nice step out there at Santa Anita. I think if you do see a replication of that race or any type of step forward uh, leaves this field in the dust.
1: Yeah, Warren, and not only that, but a mile and a quarter, we were, I was like, mile and a quarter for this horse, uh, he's by constitution. But first Samurai, I'm like, he yeah, starts to be a little limited there. And I thought, well, maybe it's not the best field out there. Well, listen, I've been a little down on Express Train. Express Train's really good. I need to stop, kind mm-hmm. of like with two Emmys who we're going to talk about in a minute. I need to stop being so just down on that horse. Um, he's a really good older handicap horse. Now, Warren, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and <laughs>
0: Eh, I don't really love express train, but fine <laughs> compared
1: to who else is out there right now. Uh, and I know we just lost one of our favorites, Midnight Bourbon, uh, yeah. today that we found out today, but um, it's kind of weak. I will say, uh, proxy, I agree with you. He is the most talented horse in this field. He's also a complete and utter jackass. I don't know if he's, <laughs>
0: he's the, the most talented.
1: T- he's a three time allowance winner who is a complete jackass who can't beat really good horses. Look, really good. Okay, so let's be beat Olympiad hot rod charlie midnight bourbon mandaloon uh midnight bourbon okay so those are all the horses that have beaten him here i think between warrant and mighty heart one of those is good enough it's going to beat him. mighty heart to me is all speed you got to go gate to wire here but he's got the potential to do it i don't think i know that he cowboy diplomacy have very comparable time form u.s pace ratings but if you look at the way that colby hernandez uh has ridden a lot of times i know with um with this horse, he's putting him on the lead, but Colby Hernandez not always goes right to the front. And if he does, he doesn't often know what to do with it. Uh, but James Graham riding for Josie Carroll, one on this horse, and the blame stakes going a mile and an eighth. So this horse can take the distance, can take the speed with the right setup. And I think he's got it here.
0: Yeah. I mean, to me, this is, this is one of those where if either the one or the two scratches, all of a sudden you have to reassess even heavier about whether or you not you want to play the other for a speed pe- factor. But look, I, I mean, Warrant could be very good. Like a very good horse. And so for me, with tactical speed, which is key here, he's going to be able to sit close um, to whoever is on the lead, if it's just one or two. And don't forget, we're going a mile and eighth here. So a lot of these races we've talked about, going two turns or mile and 16th, short into the turn, short stretch, favor speed. In this case, we're going a mile and eighth. You've got the full stretch. It's more of a fair track in that sense. I think it's going to be tough for either the five or the three to lose this spot. But you look at Proxy's last race, I mean – Pretty good start to the four-year-old campaign. Wins an allowance. Yeah, comes back and loses to Olympiad, but only loses by two to Olympiad. I consider losing by two to Olympiad about the same as losing by a head to Express Train. Maybe better than losing (laughs) by a head to Express Train because I would take Olympiad over Express Train if they faced today. So for me, I think that the three has to be respected in this spot because if that horse continues to improve and this third off the layoff for a four-year-old, it's a logical spot for Proxy to continue to improve. And if so, watch out. That's true. Everything that you said is true.
1: I just hate this horse. He's a gem. <laughs> <laughs> I've been saying since, uh, what was it, the Louisiana Derby when he ran poorly. And then after that, the rest of his three-year-old year, I should say, wasn't quite the same. Um, right. he, uh, I was like, can you just just snip him? He needs to be snipped. Because at this point, I'm not kidding, he is an allowance, a three-time allowance winner. And if you don't win this race or come, like, get to the point where you watch him in the Ben Ali and go, oh, he's definitely going to win the greatest stakes next... They yeah, can fix some of the issues he's got up here.
0: No, you were wildly too early for that. Like, this is Godolphin who are looking for sires, So you're, like, it's... it's They've it's, got 30 of them. They don't need a freaking proxy, too. They could need proxy. See, I think you are really disrespecting the shit out of proxy here. Yes. I do. He's I mean, a because, like,
1: How many times do I have to call him a jackass before you get
0: that I disrespect him? <laughs> I realize that, but tappets get better with age, and they, get, they usually get smarter with age and a little headier with age. And if he is able to do that... Oh, bar, this so. is the third... He could run a 108 buyer this year. Not even kidding. If you look at like the logical projections off of his three-year-old numbers through a four-year-old season, this could be a a Breeders' Cup Classic contender. God, I can't believe I said that of a proxy. This could be a Breeders' Cup Classic contender if he's able to continue to step forward. And all of your things about him being a head case and being goofy and all that jazz, that means he has more upside. That's all I'm hearing. Because if he figures that out, watch out. Now, here's the other problem. Him winning the Breeders' Cup Classic is worth less than what he's worth in two years in Stud. So, they're not going to fix him just to try and win a Breeders' Cup Classic that they may not win anyway to make less money than two years at start.
1: I would just like to remind everybody that today is 420. Please do not take every, every comment that Mike Samich has said here as actual fact as we move on to the, on okay, to no, the no, 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 no.
0: Okay, we can't move on first. We got comments what? in the thing. Can we go proxy versus express train head to head in the Breeders' Cup Classic?
1: I'll take express train.
0: Okay, I'll take proxy. Let's do it. Let's do it. I don't. That's, I, I, I don't know either. Idea. Or even
1: makes it, but
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not sure either does either. But it's a fun enough win. Random wager. Let, let's do it. What uh, What should we talk about?
1: Uh, let's remember this from Breeders' Cup time. See if he's even around at that. Point. Okay. No.
0: No. No. Loser has to do two bull shots on our Breeders' Cup post post fair preview thing. Back to back. Bam. Bam.
1: Can the leader, the, or the loser, at least pick what the alcohol is.
0: No. 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 It's a mixture. It's the it's, it's the, <laughs> your mixed shot. <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's go to the comments. There we uh, go. Dynamic one. one. <laughs> what do you think, Magic?
1: Why Why would I have love for dynamic one? Is my response. To
0: that. <laughs> the curlin was pretty good. Got a ninety seven buyer uh, going a mile and eighth, which is the distance we're going today. Two for three at the distance. Um, I'm not a fan because I think that the New York crop was terrible last year. Uh, but yeah. if you if you think that that ninety seven in the curlin is real, um, then a step forward here fits. But I'm, I would rather get beat by Na- dynamic one than play him.
1: He got so lucky that miles D uh, was going straight from a main special weight into the Curlin stakes. If miles D had one race against winners under his belt, he beats the shit out of that horse in the, in the Curlin stakes. Miles D is miles better than dynamic one, especially at age four. All
0: right, let's get to the three. next one. Cause I'm interested in the next one. Scalding. Yeah, let's go Sean. I like it. Um, Scalding was my, my other horse. He was my third horse. If I used a third horse. Um, it's a huge step forward. It is a, a massive step forward. But this is a Nyquist out of an Uncle de, or a de Oro, Uncle de Mare, a Magla de Oro Mare, sold for four hundred thousand. Uh, and this horse is kind of slowly taking step forward, step forward, step forward. Beat Dynamic One last time out, uh, so there's a nice plus there. I also think this could be a horse that's going to sit tactically and get first run. So if if I don't love the two inside horses from a speed perspective, Scalding will sit third. And if Scalding sits third and gets first run, then it's on proxy and warrant to get by. So if I was going to use someone, I think it's Scalding who possibly trips out. Here's my third horse.
1: He's an interesting one. And again, like, I wish we had the, uh, it just sucks we don't have the, the, the odds for it because he is intriguing. And, and I mean, this is the big test, right? But he, this, is he a pick,
0: this, is, this is a great pick and pray horse. How about yes. that? That's a good, yeah. You're going to get a- like 15, 20 to one. He's not going to be used all that much. And if he takes a step forward, it is logical if this horse wins
1: um he also beat dynamic one by a bit if he was a neck away from beating dynamic one i'd say no but he beat him he beat him handily enough so that's a good spot there uh jason says there's something wrong with one male talking about another wanting another male to get snipped that's just wrong listen i'm realistic i am realistic if nothing else about that i mean i wouldn't
0: i'd I'd consider it right now i got a kid we're good to go move along (laughs) oh yes yes yeah definitely (laughs)
1: <laughs> Moving on. Great. The, the penultimate leg of the late pick four sequence at Keeneland on Saturday, April 23rd, race nine, the great two Dixiana Elkhorn stakes going a mile and a half on the turf. And there's nine older males doing it. Mike. And most of the time you're like, all right, marathon on the turf. It's probably going to be a really slow race. We've got like four or five horses that want the lead here. <laughs> Who wants the lead? Who, let me ask you this. Who do you think actually leads
0: first under the wire? I mean, two Emmys, right? Like, why not? <laughs> Dude, look. I I don't know. I don't know. There's there is four or five speed horses in here. I think it's awfully tough from that perspective. I I I I cannot stop disrespecting two Emmys. I'm sorry, two Emmys. I apologize for disrespecting you. I will now use you in this spot because you are in the best form of anyone in this race. And the other horse who's in form, whose form is as good as yours in the back is channel maker, who I'm not. Oh no. What not gonna do it? Not gonna do it. You Actually, I might exactly. Um but <laughs> this race was my least favorite by far of the four. Um I, I thought this okay. one was tough. I thought that, uh, you know, I, I don't really love anyone here. The mile and a half makes it kind of confusing, especially with the turf course playing right now. But I'm going to go to uh, Chris's favorite trainer here, Mike Maker, and put Bama's boy on top on the inside, the one who I think is going to get a pretty good trip. I think you're going to have enough speed. Um, I want a horse that's coming off the pace. Uh, third time out here off a long, long layoff. I think you're going to see the best race. We've got multiple wins at a mile and a half. And Mike Maker, really good at stretching horses out. Um, hate the fact that it's by into mischief, but the fact we've won twice at a mile and a half, Will allow me to let could get past that issue. So I'm going to go with Bema's boy on top on the inside. Uh,
1: there's a strong chance you and I go four for four with top picks because I just looked at who you've gotten in the final leg. Uh, yeah, Bema's boy. Uh, I've got some some new information for you because you brought a lot of great facts. Umberto Rispoli, <laughs> of riding for Mike, it's about the California jockey, riding for now he's not a California jockey anymore, he's a Kentucky jockey now. He's left. <laughs> uh, here's why this guy is a major upgrade, not my California. The statistical proof, how about that? He is seven for twenty-two for Mike Maker in turf routes. That's thirty-two percent.
0: Look at the math on magic. Look at the <laughs> but,
1: <laughs> yes. Uh anyways, you brought all great points, and I just wanted to add that. Like watch this, not just for this horse, but watch Reese Bulli now that he's gonna keep riding for Maker wherever Maker goes, is what it seems like. These mm-hmm. turf route numbers for Reese Bulli and Maker together, they're not a joke. Keep keep playing them.
0: Next pick. Uh, you know what? Another Mike Maker stat. He is now four for 22 at the meet so he's getting hot yes. <laughs> so all of a sudden after that one for 19 start baby uh so he's starting to move it up uh my second pick is two emmys because two emmys is in the best form of anyone in this race right now and i don't i i'm really sick of not being correct about who gets the lead in these races and i don't know who's going to get the lead i give up I, I quit i'm sorry i don't know two emmys is one of the horses that could tiberius mercurius could channel maker could like it, i was it's i think it's Bama breeze could um but here's the thing. Right now, the horse in the best form in this race is two Emmys. So I'm going to use two Emmys.
1: That's my second pick. I went too deep. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I went into the Muniz Memorial. Uh, if you go back and listen to that, that was that Risen Star Stakes Day? Uh, or Louisiana Derby Day. I said, I'm done. I'm officially done shitting on two Emmys. I'm going to use him. And it worked. It, I don't under- still understand that day how it worked so well. But uh, you said it. He's the most proven. He's the most informed of all the speed, the least question marks. The one that I would be a little bit worried about might be Phantom Currency, but he just raced two weeks ago and now he's going to go a mile and a half. And what's funny is if you um, when Mike and I got done talking about that weekend at Gulfstream, I said out of that race, I was like, look, he could go to the Elkhorn, but it's a quick turnaround in two weeks while he's here.
0: Yeah, I mean, and he ran well there. I mean, 23, 46, 109. If he wants to do that, he's going to get the lead. Yep. It's not going to last a mile and a half, but he'll get the lead. So Right, that's the thing. Yeah. It's, it's really going to be a question of how these jockeys try and, try and rate it out. And I kind of agree. I mean, Vashon's like my burner account right now. I kind of agree with Vashon. This size is going to be aggressive on Channel Maker because that's really what gets the job done. And what you see in these races is whoever's the most aggressive in the first 16th of a mile gets the lead, and then no one wants to press. Everyone wants to just slow it down. And that's why you see these dawdling internal fractions, these mile-and-a-half races. I think you're going to see that again here. I think Channel Maker's a logical one. I'm going to throw the five in because of that. I think he might make the lead. Um, I also think if he sits second behind Phantom Currency, or two Emmys does, either of them has a very good chance of passing Phantom Currency, because there's a lot to ask. Second off a layoff, quick turnaround, going wire-to-wire at a a mile-and-a-half over a turf course that isn't necessarily playing towards speed right now. I'm going to go 40 here. I'm going to use the nine another mystery. mystery. Um, this is the horse I should have used at NHC, and I did not. I'm kind of bummed about it because it won at 16 to 1. Actually, I would have been even more bummed it lost the photo if I had used it. Um, this horse likes going a mile and a half. I've done it five times in his career. One win, one second. Kind of fits for the come from behind setup here. Uh, the race two back at Houston was pretty good. And this is a big time, big time jockey upgrade. But you know what else I'm interested in? Pratt has ridden this horse before which tells me that Pratt believes in this horse. And that, to me, is awfully interesting. You don't often see Chris Block and Flavian Pratt team up. Um, Chris, Chris Block, actually pretty good trainer. Five for 26, 19% so far. This is uh, horse is owned by Chris Block, so it's not like they're just throwing this horse in there for absolutely no reason. And one of the, the crazy numbers here, 15% in graded stakes, $8.66 ROI in those graded stakes. Pretty darn good uh, for Chris Block. Now, obviously, another mystery, winning at 16-1 to 1 helped those numbers. But uh, I think this horse fits at this mile and a half distance, if we do see horses up front speed it up a little bit, I think another mystery one one ones ones come from way out of it and and could get a decent setup and trip here. And since I'm going too deep in the previous leg, I'm gonna go four deep here.
1: Listen, I don't hate it. I think you're gonna get a good price on this horse too. Uh that day that Pratt rode at Arlington, that was uh the final day of that was the final Mr. D stakes, Arlington Million Day stakes. Uh he also rode Shantasara to win the pucker up stakes earlier and was famously on domestic spending when he was beaten by who Mike?
0: Uh, three Emmys. Ah, Emmy? There's one Emmy. That was his first win, right? That uh, was, was his first Emmy. Emmy. Yeah. now he's two Emmys. That was, that was the first of the two Emmys when he's got beaten me, when he went like ugh, 145 for six furlongs or whatever ridiculously slow pace it was. And Pratt just missed him by a nose.
1: Bree, uh, Bree's keeping the Pratt daddy thing going. Bree, I, I love it. Thank you for keeping this going. All right, let's move on. We have the final leg of the late pick four sequence here at Keeneland Saturday, April 23rd, race 10. This is my favorite final leg we've had in a very long time that wasn't a stakes race. Mike, we've got 11 three-year-olds running seven furlongs on the dirt. It's a fun non-winners-of-one allowance. These aren't maiden claimers, state breads. No, we've got proven winners, three-year-olds, all straight three-year-olds going seven furlongs here. And is your top pick the 1-1-A, great escape, momentous? Second pick. Oh, Mike, we almost went four for four. Okay.
0: All right, I, thought we were, about I thought we were going to go four for four when you mentioned this because it's the Pratt horse. <laughs> Shocker. Um, look, B Sud, I, I really like the debut effort. I uh, was here, was at Keeneland, ends up running third in a race, which produces two next out winners, is able to make the lead. Second time out at Churchill, goes seven furlongs, able to get the job done. What I love about that, okay, is you have a nice, obvious progression between those two races, okay? You've got a first race out, second race, big time step forward. Then our then we take a long break. We run first race out. We almost match that that winning race. Guess what's going to happen when we run again? Big step forward. And if that happens, B-Sut is going to win by open lengths. And I, I'm hoping we can get like four to one here. That's like because I, I feel like there's enough in here, including an absolutely awful favorite, which is going to be <laughs> the favorite. Um, I think it's going to be the favorite. Uh, and so I'm hoping that we get B-sud here at, at that four to one-ish price, uh, breaking out of the nine spot. I did go too deep in my must-users, but to me, the nine was a horse you have to use in this spot.
1: Boy, you saw all the same things I did. Uh, what concerns me is some of the horses. This, this horse beat specifically unpredictable bay was a horse that Aaron drafted in the fantasy league, and I was like, I've never heard of this. And it's because he'd run, I think, thirteen times as a two-year-old. So, um, not a huge fan of that horse. But unless everything that you said, man, this is this is mirroring how he debuted, right? right. Six to seven, six to seven. You're gonna take a nice step forward. Oh, by the way, Pratt's aboard. So. All great points. Um, let's talk about your second pick, my top choice. I thought we'd go for four: Great Escape and Momentous. Which of the two horses do you like better? Because I'll let you talk about that one. I like the 1A. You like the so 1A Momentus better. Good, because I like I Great Escape better.
0: <laughs> All right. You, you can kick it off with that, Moment- yeah, Great Escape, then I'll talk.
1: Perfect. Great Escape broke his maiden, going seven furlongs on se- second asking. This is one of the biggest key races of the entire crop that we have as three-year-olds right now from their two-year-old season. Here's why. Six of the nine horses that he beat that day broke their maiden since, including Giant Game, third in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Call Me Midnight won the Grade Three Lecompte Stakes. Surfer Dude, multiple stakes placed, including two weeks ago at Keeneland in the La- Lafayette Stakes. Bloodline got second in the Texas Turf Mile Stakes after breaking his maiden. Oh, yeah, Epicenter was in that race. Mike, is Epicenter any good? Because Epicenter's coming out of that September 18th, 2021 race. As well, if you scratch off that last effort when he tried synthetic, it was a terrible idea. If you forget the fact that they went made to Breeders Futurity grade one, that was a terrible idea. Now we're back to seven furlongs. We're back to one turn where both of his one turn races pretty darn good uh, when you look at what he's doing at two. Plus the fact that Tawny Port won the Lexington and he was second in the Jeff Ruby if you want to count that as a plus as well. But those are all the reasons why uh, I really love Great Escape here.
0: Uh, I am not going to disagree with any of them. I, I do think like the, hey, he came out of a really key maiden race is one of the more overused things. When we're six races into the career. Now we have a pretty good sample size of what this horse is. So I, the fact that Epicenter, who I'm guessing debuted in that race was facing a horse that had already run once. And, and like, I, to me that I get what you're saying. But like, let's, see, let's tone it down a little bit. Now, I would say one of your biggest arguments is they're getting back to like reasonably placing this horse. You mentioned how they put this horse right into a Grade One, going a mile and sixteenth, comes out of that, goes a mile and sixteenth. They clearly wanted this to be a Derby horse, right? We yes. realized this ain't a Derby horse. This is this is a Pad Day Mile horse. If we were going to run yes. on Derby weekend, um, but we decided not to do that. We're here, showing up here at seven. Which for is long. also
1: snort. We're here, we not
0: there. <laughs> wouldn't be shocked if we scratch here and actually see this horse uh, place something like that. Look. Rubas percent doesn't usually aggressively place horses like this, and this that's that's what really popped out to me when I was looking at Great Escape. Um, usually he's looking for more realistic spots, and then you know, he, he'll take a shot. But to me, getting back to seven furlongs is the big thing. You look at the mile and 16th at Oakland, uh, he, he's in the lead, ends up not being able to get the distance. You look at the mile and 16th at Keeneland, he's close up front, fades late. You even look at the Turfway, Turf, uh, the Jeff Ruby stakes, stakes at uh, Turfway Park, there, he's up close. And then fades back toward the last part of the race. Like I just, I don't think this horse wants anything to do with two turns. I think this is a one-turn horse. I think we're going to see that. Um, I don't love the draw. I don't like the rail here going seven furlongs. But I, I do think that you know this is a talented horse. And I like the 1A more, so I'll talk about the 1A now. Um, Monumentus is the one that I was interested in in the in the group here. The source breaks its maiden in February was impressive being able to go gate to wire from the 10 post. Marsalis is in that race. Wins back. Major contender in that race as well. Uh, then works up to this race and shows back up here going seven. I like the fa- fact that we're taking a step forward. I think this horse is probably your fastest horse um, breaking from what will be the 10 post I believe. Uh, and if we can get to the lead in a race where I was not like blown away by any of the speed here, I, I think this horse could be awfully dangerous to take him gate to wire and, and I-, I think you could see a big time step forward. is a homebred or this is a Windstar, whor- Windstar Farm horse homebred by uh, Boon Chance Farm. Um, at some point Windstar must have bought in there. I'm I mean, like, I'm not sure who's faster. And I don't see any reason why is, this horse is going to slow down toward the end of the race.
1: Uh, the only reason, I think, the, I should say the only, the biggest reason that I like the 1 over the 1A was just the lack of experience. What, what we've seen with Todd Pletcher's horses, uh, when they have that nice maiden win, they haven't always come back and done very well. But he is something he can do, right? And this isn't going to a graded stakes race. We're going to a sensibly uh, sensibly spotted uh, position here. Uh, you mentioned the runner-up, uh, Marsalis, uh, got an 81 buyer broke maiden next out at Fairgrounds by two and a half lengths. And when I first looked at this, I was like, "Why did Pletcher have a horse at Fairgrounds? Why did he do that? If it was any good, uh, Mike, that was Risen Star Stakes Day. He also had Turner Loose get second and Pioneer of Medina get fourth in the Risen Star. So uh, that's why Todd Pletcher brought this horse to Fairgrounds with his Derby and Oaks horses. So
0: yeah, yep. I-, I like Momentus. And we often talk about how uh, you'll debut on big days with good horses. Uh-huh. I mean, that's, that's kind of what I think we saw with Momentus. And I, I agree, like, Momentus to me was always a sprinter, and they knew that. That's why you're not getting crazy aggressive here with the placement, right? They never thought this was a triple crown horse. They're like, hey, this is a one-turn, seven-furlong mile horse. Uh, it has a monster Tomlinson number, by the way. I think it's like 419 or something. It's uh, 409 40, on Momentus, yeah. which is by far the highest in the field. So uh, is bred to love the seven-furlong distance. I think it's going to flourish at one turn. It's going to be awfully tough up front. Um, so, yeah, I'm using the 9 on top, but the 1 and 1A – I have the 1A and then 1 in parentheses as my must uses. Um, And then I'm going to go to the two horse uh, condemn here. Uh, I'm going to go four deep in this spot. That last race I thought was really impressive coming from way off it. If you look back at who this horse faced, uh, Ottoman Empire, Texas Red Hot, then Texas Red Hot, then Rattle and Roll. Uh, Pretty good horses that he faced early. Uh, And then a monster, monster effort there. First time Lasix, first time Blinkers. And you saw a huge step forward. And to me, that is where I think you, you kind of have to respect Condemn. If you'd see another step forward, second time LASIK, second time Blinkers, which some people argue is a bigger jump than first time of either of those, this horse could be an absolute monster. And you're going to get a decent price on it because we're coming out of a five and a half furlong off the turf made in special weight uh, where this horse came from dead last. So I, I think you're going to get a decent price on the two Condemn. I think it's worth taking a flyer
1: um you know as my dog speak up too? uh fun fact about condemn one of the horses he beat in that off-turf race which is why i didn't want to use him here um is a horse named lapis lazuli who you famously said i'm glad we don't have time on monday's show to talk to you about why i hate this horse because he's not going to win the finale at keeneland on wednesday and he did so uh, you know what
0: you're saying key race
1: key race yeah no I, i i'm against condemn because Realistically, because that was an off turf uh, field, beat. <coughs> but it was on fast dirt. The horse ran well, which you like to see it visually ran well. And you brought up uh, the class and company this horse had been keeping as a two year old. I'm gonna pass, but I get why you would want to use uh, the horse here. I did go with the three. Uni- you you want to say the three's horse name? Uniki.
0: Uniki. Yeah.
1: Uniki. Okay. And I think you probably think this horse is gonna be favored. I think I you're do. right. Um, yep. I I get why you would want to play against. This was my last horse on. I'll, I'll, tell you you why I'll, I'll tell you why I like him, and then uh, then you can tell me why I'm an idiot. But um, yeah. first off, you've got a maiden winner versus winners next out, but you're mm-hmm. doing that with Condemn, so I'm not too worried. Uh, the horse is exiting a sloppy race. I haven't actually looked to see what Lexington's weather is going to be, uh, but it's, I'm guessing it's, it's sunny all, all weekend. sunny all weekend. All right, so we're not getting the slop. However, the horse did have a decent debut, set the pace, and then faded. Uh, got a 79 buyer. That 90 buyer is the best in the field, and that's probably a huge reason why this horse will be. If not favored on the morning line, we'll definitely get probably overbet. Buyers get heavily bet. However, a race has been kind of okay, Mike. You've had four horses break their maidens out of that race. Under oath, won last Saturday at Keeneland by one and a half lengths with an 87 buyer. And this horse beat that horse by a little over two and a quarter lengths. So- how, did, how did Cape Trafalgar do? Okay, oh, Trafalgar's freaking terrible. Okay, just checking. Just checking. The four horses broke their maiden. The second place horse, uh, well, he was third. It wasn't, it wasn't terrible, but was but was the what two to five favorite? Yeah. Yeah.
0: He was a bad two to five favorite. Yeah.
1: So if he the there, there are a horse that will be a very short price. I agree with you, or or too short of a price for what the true value odds will be. I understand there are question marks enough to make you say, I don't want to use. I am using, but I, I get why you would be against.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're right. Uh, We've had a couple next out winners here, but one of them was on synthetic going five and a half. Another one was a maiden optional claiming going six and a half. And then there was under oath who Flavian Pratt Um, rode. And so two of the three winners doing something completely different, right? So I, I don't really care that they went back and Cape Trafalgar was so bad. I mean, he was so bad that that to me is the biggest knock on why I don't want to use this horse. Everyone's going to see under oath. They're going to see it in Everyone's going to see Cape Trafalgar. We ran second, I think in that race at two to five, but it was really terrible. Two to five, whatever it was second, third, yeah. they're going to remember the name and think the horse, got bad. Oh, this is a great race. We should totally be like, and then you're going to see Irad picking up the mount and you're going to be like, this is awesome. What if the horse just stepped up because of the slop? You've absolutely That's no true. proof that the horse true. wants to run fast dirt. And like To me, like this is this is going to be your nine to five favorite, eight to five favorite in a difficult race. I know I don't want any interest. If like this is one of those, like we talked about, beep beep. I was like, look, if beep beep beats me, whatever, don't care, that's fine. If if beats me, don't care, that's fine. Like this this horse is allowed to beat me every single time at sub two to one because this is a horse I never think should be bet down sub two to one.
1: That's a great point. Uh, and listen, if this if this horse bites me in the ass, this is what, I didn't single. This is, I have this horse technically fourth, third in the betting choice here, but fourth overall rating. I think it's. I'm going to use kind of defensively. Just to you bring up great points. And the freaking problem we just talked about it with the first leg is that everyone's going to watch Keeneland and everybody's going to talk about what they saw or how great it looks. And are you telling me I'm a basic bitch when it comes to handicapping? Is that what I'm hearing?
0: Uh, ticket structure, yes. Handicapping, no. You've 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 evolved in the handicapping side. On the ticket structure side, you're defensively <laughs> using your fourth choice, who is a terrible favorite at nine to five. That's a bad decision. But whatever, you know. Progress, Mike. Yeah,
1: baby step. Maybe maybe <laughs> next four twenty, I'll have ticket structure
0: figured out. <laughs> I mean, that's to me that's the problem. Look, you, you could make an argument that, that this is the most likely winner. The problem is that there is no way in hell this horse wins thirty three percent of the time, and that's about what you would need to have a fair odds and then to say it's your fourth choice, which means you like other horses more and you're going to put on a horse that is a a negative EV onto your ticket because you're scared of them is like the definition of not correct ticket structure. That's all. That's all. That's all I'm saying. If he was your top choice, I'd be like, okay, I get it. Best horse. You like him the most. Okay. Use him. It's when it's the fourth choice and you're like, Hey, you know, I like these other horses more and I really love the one, one great escape, but I'm scared of the three. It's like, come on. Listen,
1: You and I went three for three with our top picks. And then this last one, it fell apart. So I feel like I need to just cover my ass as (laughs) much as you've got one more horse to talk about. I don't want to skip over the four tough to tame because I was back and forth about using, uh, maybe you can actually convince me to put him on
0: well i mean i don't know if i can't convince you to get rid of the three i'm not sure if i can do anything uh tough to tame i've totally talked Uniki in the winter circle by the way just hammer the shit out of that horse uh, this is the horse that was clearly well thought of in the, the christopher davis barn and as a as a two-year-old uh went to the iroquois ran second to major general takes all the way up the steps all the way up to the Breed- breeders cup juvenile um that race has come back pretty crappy but we're not going to go there right now uh The fact that they believed in this horse enough to put him into that race tells me quite a bit about it. Then you have this debut at Tampa, which wasn't wonderful. It was good, but not wonderful, right? It almost replicated the career best buyer. Then they send this horse to Keeneland, which is the first interesting thing. And the horse bullets over the Keeneland track. That's the second interesting thing. And now they put him in here. You're not claiming this horse for 80K. No one's jumping in for it. So you're trying to get this horse eligible for some other conditions as well. I, to me, this horse makes a ton of sense from that perspective here. So I, I do think that uh, Tough to Tame has a big-time chance to take a step forward. Second time out is a three-year-old, and he's going to be awfully line for a barn, 17% second out, off a bullet workout, and, and should kind of sit the trip here. I mean, it has tactical speed, so should be able to sit in fourth or fifth spot and be able to make a nice move around the turn, be close enough to be engaged with the leaders, but not – you know, close enough that I think you're going to get burnt up, and I think you're going to get a big price on the four. I, I think you're going to end up seeing something like fifteen to one morning line. I think it's worth every penny of that. Bet Mitch
1: get rich. That's how you do. You never bet Mitch Merle on a favorite, but you always bet him in a long time. game. Um, oh, that is a good. He is good on long shots. He can he gets great value out of his horses. I think do
0: you think that's thing. true, or do you think you just get reminded every time he wins?
1: I think I just get reminded every time he wins. I don't watch Mitch Merle like ninety nine percent of the time. I'll be honest. Yeah, I'm, I watch California in the big races. That's that's what I watch. Sorry. um what i ultimately left tough to tame off is is that breeders cup juvenile effort i mean and you could say he just didn't show up um because he did show up against major general and almost beat him and major general hasn't turned into a derby winner but i'd say major general is better than everything that's come out of the breeders cup juvenile right like he came back and actually was decent in the lexington to get was he second in that race
0: yeah, I mean, to me, that like I, I'm willing to just draw a line through it. He might have hated Delmar. A lot of horses hate Delmar. He, he wasn't that close to the lead. He might not want to go two turns over that track. Like that track was speed-favoring that weekend. There's a bunch of different things that you could say that are the reason that that, that horse didn't run well. To me, it's the fact that, that why did we ship here from Tampa off of that effort? It's because you think the horse is live. And then the horse runs a bullet, which tells me that the horse is live. I, I think it's worth a flyer here at a big number.
1: All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Magic Mike Show, at least in terms of the uh, the ticket structure talk here. Uh, Chris, with a great comment, Mike going after Magic's ticket structure, more so than maker went after my picks today. <laughs> I was like, uh, I think Mike's mad that I just called him out for his 420 uh, a proxy winning the Breeders' Cup Classic. By the way, it's on Twitter. Please go retweet that, at Curtis Keller. Let everybody know that Mike has made that definitive statement on the no, Magic Mike Show today. Well, no,
0: no, no, that I have proxy over express train in the breeders cup classic it's a key point that express train is the other horse that's in this head-to-head wager
1: that's not what i see (laughs) 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 this this, is not at all what i see but hey we will give our tickets one last time take a look below if you're watching a live or the replay i'll start off i'm gonna go one one a three five with two five with one three then one one a three four nine that's twenty four dollars sorry i thought i fixed that (laughs)
0: I'm gonna, I'm gonna play a 50 cent ticket i'm gonna go five six seven with three five with one three five nine with one two four nine that'll cost you 48 bucks for 50 cents uh we both really like who do we really like in the first race i can't even remember now games mission yeah we both like the three so if you want to play a five dollar ticket play three with five with one three with one nine that'll cost you twenty dollars for five bucks or could return some, some coin it. Put that in
1: uh, pressed. Uh, That's a five. That's what that is this is fantastic radio thank you everybody who's been listening uh on the podcast version i'm sure this is just enthralling for you all right there we go i've got it updated now down below um that's going to do it for the at least this part of things Uh, if you were just here for the keelan saturday talk thanks for joining us go over to youtube.com slash racing dudes we've got all shit ton of kentucky derby uh analysis at literally the top 24 points as of today april 20th uh we have videos that will be either up or soon to be up for those so make sure you go check that out but Mike, we got to go over the rails. No antics of any kind ah! except speed. And there we go with the antics. Over the rail, with you, my love. Uh, it Never gets old. Last, fr- last Saturday, uh, race four, I believe it was, at Keeneland. Race five, I'm sorry. You got pulled up here on April 16th. Uh, Mike, there were not one, not two, but I think uh, 18 horses out of this race that you liked. I'll turn it over to you, please.
0: Yeah. So first off, um, I, I often try and find key races before they're key races. If you're able to do so, it gives you a huge edge long term. So when I'm doing that, one of the first things I look for is, OK, who wins the race? And do I believe that that horse is going to be one of those horses that can turn out a key race? In this case, the fifth race at uh, at, at Kingland on April 16th, your eventual winner of the race. Was limited liability. Now, if you go back and you look at limited liability and the two-year-old season, the horse ran in the With Anticipation, then ran in the Pilgrim. Uh, this is a sug horse out of Kittens Joy, a Shug horse was a, a son of Kittens Joy, um, missed a coinage and an Apples in those two races. So clearly, very good horses. Uh, the six-horse limited liability comes back and wins this race. So that right there tells me, first off, we have a solid winner that I believe in. So that that's number one thing I'm looking for in a key race is do I really believe in the winner, and then it's who runs behind it. Um, in this case. We had a host of horses that I think make a ton of sense. The first one I'm going to point out here is going to be the 11 horse in this spot. Uh, That's going to be Churchtown. We've talked about how bad Speed's been playing. Churchtown, who is breaking right here in the red cap and the black, is a horse that's wanted to be on the lead consistently. Um, And it has been in every other race. But because of the instructions of the trainer, really gets pulled back. And so you're going to see the horse fight with Paco here into the first turn then goes to the rail, still doesn't settle into the second turn. So Churchtown, I think, should hopefully, next time out, uh, should go to the lead. And that's a horse I like, especially if we cut back. If we end up at Gulfstream going seven and a half or a mile, Churchtown's one of those horses I think makes a ton of sense. So I'm going to stable up the 11 Churchtown for that reason. You're also going to see of all the speed when we go into the lane here, is going to run absolutely the best. The second horse out of this race that I want to take a nice quick look at here is Credit Event. Uh, this horse won over the Synthetic at Gulfstream Park to break its maiden for Chad Brown. Uh, in this replay, it's the four horse. And so if we watch the four horse right down here on the rail, uh, credit event is going to be trying to find a way through and gets absolutely stopped. So you'll see right now the six is in dead last, and the six is going to make start to make a wide run here in a second. The four horse credit event is sitting on the rail, and it's going to try and come up the rail and gets stopped, I think, three or four times here. Tyler Gathlin got this horse in a ton of trouble we have no how good this horse is. That's my main takeaway here. You never really got to see credit event run. And because of that, we don't really know how good credit event is, but we know on paper, this race is going to look terrible. Ends up finishing third to last as your favorite. And you're like, oh, he's got room right here. Nope. Gets shut off right down. And then the 11 is going to dip down into the four and it's just backing it up from there. And right here, you're going to see Tyler Gaffley on up. To absolutely stand up on the horse down the stretch. Now, we're coming down the lane here and you see the six limited liability absolutely stormed by everybody else. Um, there's two other horses in here that I'm interested in coming back. So we're gonna pull this back a little bit um, and we're gonna focus on both the two horse who right here is on the outside making a little bit of an early move going four wide and the seven horse who made a really early move, going about six wide here on the way outside. And you can see right in front of the seven. Um, so the two horse in this spot is going to be your eventual second place finisher, Freedom's Way, uh, by Eddie, uh, out of the Eddie Keneally barn. And your seven is going to be Mercy. This was first off a long layoff for Mercy for Christophe Clermont. Uh Mercy, I think, is the one I want more out of this. I think that move was way too early and just kind of flattened out Second time off the layoff, I think you're going to see a much better race. Also got shut off there a little bit in between the six and the two, and then continued to rally afterward. So second off the layoff, I think you're going to see this horse probably in New York next, either at Belmont or at Santa Anita. I'm sorry, Belmont or at Saratoga. And when you do, I think you're going to see a pretty big effort from the seven. Again, we'll run it back here toward when they come to the top of the lane. Note that the two horse was five wide on both turns and ends up having to try and make up some ground, or five wide on the second turn, ends up trying to make up some ground here late. I love the fact of how the two grinds it out. It looks like the two is almost in trouble here. But as soon as the six engages the two, you see a nice move here from the two to spread himself from the rest of the field and run with the six. I think the six simply got to the lead too fast. And a lot of times you'll see that where a horse gets the lead too early and just isn't able to win the race. In this case, the two horse, I think, kind of had that problem. So freedom's way is another one that I want to stable up. That was only size the second time riding this horse. The last time he rode him, the horse was able to win um, and was able to get to the lead late into the stretch. I think that's the kind of key with Freedom's Way here. I think because of the trip, he was forced to get to the lead a little bit too early. So coming out of this race, I like the winner, and that's one of the main reasons I think this could turn out to be a key race. That's limited liability. I think that you got to look at the 11. Churchtown is one that you want next time out shortening up, especially if you can get the lead going over the turf course. Really interested in what Credit Event does next. Uh, that horse had absolutely no chance in this spot. Ends up running third to last. I think it has, should have a good chance to take a step forward off it. Uh, the seven Mercy, I think is going to have a big-time effort next time out for Christophe Clement. That'll be second off the layoff. Um, and also, I like the two-horse here, Freedom's Way, who ran second. So this, to me, is a race which I think is going to end up being a key race, and you're going to want to stable quite a few out of. You're, Can we just do this? I'm not muted. I just can't. I'm
1: speechless. There's a difference. You're used to be seeing me do that but there's no sound because i'm muted no i'm just speech. this was fantastic i'm like watching everything and i'm trying to take notes and yeah no this is fantastic i hope you guys uh everybody's watching and listening that you're you're really taking in the information that mike's giving you and what's nice about doing this on youtube if you uh can watch the video is is mike's explaining things as it's happening here um charles brings up credit event needed credit event to cash the pick five uh the horse was three to two favorite off of a synthetic debut win that's how much Chad Brown, we talked about at Gulfstream, actually he hated the turf course there. Like he's putting his best turf horses on the synthetic at Gulfstream. Look at credit event. This yeah. horse, I mean, I know he didn't win, but like he put this horse on synthetic to debut and he waits for the, Keen, for the turf debut to come at Keeneland. So that alone speaks volumes about that horse to me.
0: And, and like I said at the top too, one of the keys is that this is limited liability that won, right? This is a Shug trained horse. It's kitten's joy out of a blame mare for Stuart Janney, like oh, homebred by Stuart Janney. When he keeps horses, generally they're very good. Broke its its maiden at Saratoga on debut, came back to a grade three stakes where he was 85 cent on the dollar favorite, ends up running third to Coinage and Portfolio Company, runs back in a grade two, runs third to Annapolis and Portfolio Company, some of the better two-year-old horses in New York on turf. And this is the debut for three-year-olds. So you know the six has quality and is good. And that allows you to really take note of a lot of the horses that ran underneath.
1: If you, uh, if you have Equibase Virtual Stable, you can, you can add these horses and make notes to it. Um, if you have an account with a past performances uh, company like DRF, you can make notes about that. This is the kind of stuff when you should be doing this because these horses, multiple horses from this race are going to show up at Belmont, at Saratoga, and not in allowance races. These are going to be stakes horses from this field, and you're going to get prices at 10 to 1, 12 to 1, 20 to 1, and what, at least one of these is going to pop at a big price. Don't be that person just sitting there going, "I wish I, I wish I knew this. I wish I figured it out." All you had to do was just listen to Mike Samich tell you about why the, all of these horses were great coming out of this spot. So, uh, tons of great information, Mike. Thank you for doing that and the preparation, and everything too. I know you had to. Uh, how many times did you watch that replay? Twelve, thirteen?
0: <laughs> well, I watched it a couple. That to be like, like I said, that is one of those races. Rarely do you find a race like when you watch it, and I tweeted out right afterward. That's a key yeah. race. Like I just I thought that was immediately a key race because of who won and the, all the different trips that you got behind it and then how much like how funky a lot of those trips were and then just how the turf course was playing. And like, we didn't even talk about the time either. I mean, they flew home, if I remember correctly. Yeah, they went one, 114, 137, so 23 and 3, 143 and 3. They went 5 point, uh, 5.45 seconds for the final uh, 16th of a mile. So they were absolutely flying home there late too. It wasn't just... Okay, this is a good race. It was these times are exceptional for these this level of horse.
1: Just yeah, well, and and, and limited liability. The for opening quarter was like twenty six flat for <laughs> for that horse. Uh, he was um, yeah, he, he was he was dawdling at the back, but man, that that burst that turn of foot. That's gonna be real exciting. Come Saratoga. And we hope that you had an exciting time with us on the Magic Mike show. Uh, we got a guy. Here. Oh, shoot. what's past three. We definitely got a guy here. Mike, uh, thank you so much for joining us. You can follow us on Twitter. I am at Curtis Kelloward. He is at bomb 18 number one, number eight. Corporate Overlords at Racy underscore Dudes. Remember, today's Wednesday. So tomorrow, Thursday, we have Blinkers Off and Dudes Who Bet Sports will both be live at youtube.com slash racing dudes so go subscribe there click the notification bell you'll be alerted when any of us go live like hey a surprise 420 show here we are mike uh it was a lot of fun i know uh i know i know my ego took a little bit of a beating there on the ticket track i'm kidding i have no ego there is no ego to be beaten it's fine uh really appreciate everybody for joining us we had a lot of fun in the comments we'll be back on monday and let's make that a derby centric show mike because This past Monday, we were like, let's do Keeneland and maybe Derby. We could have easily done an hour of Derby. So next Monday, bring all of your Derby questions, your thoughts, your hot takes for the Magic Mike Show at 5
0: Eastern, 2 Pacific, and
1: we'll be ready for you. Until then, I'm Magic.
0: Sorry, I'm Mike. and do, do, go ahead. Um, don't forget if you have, if you have any questions, if you're listening to the podcast version of this, shoot us an email at either magicmike at race at race I think that is, or contact race news.com. Drop us a DM, whatever you want. Make sure that you can ask any questions about the Derby you want, or if you want to bring back life advice, if anyone wants life advice from magic and I feel free to shoot some questions that way. I uh, will handle that and over the rails on Monday as well.
1: Yeah. The, we had answered questions about bachelor party ideas in Saratoga. Um, I, uh, I've got a couple ideas too for questions that I might submit. I'll probably, I'll submit them under like a fake name. We'll I like it.
0: If, if you've never heard life advice on the Ryan Rossillo podcast, I don't listen to the, like, I think it's in some of them is interesting, but the life advice section, it's like the last 20 minutes of each podcast is freaking hilarious. It's amazing. So listen to that. It might give you some ideas. We're here to help with all your in-law problems.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, yeah. Anyways, we'll be back on Monday. Send us those emails. Contact at racenews.com. We'll see you on Monday. Take care.